Hello, I'm Kristen Perisonotto. And I'm Hannah Ferguson, and we're co-founders of Cheek Media Co. This is the Weekly Cheek Podcast. Quotas don't work! <laughs> it's all about merit! Every election there that we've ever had in Australia, a man has lost. Oh my god, that's actually profound. Be allies of the movement in a supportive role, or uphold the patriarchy and continue to benefit and continue to be the oppressor. Before we start this podcast, I would like to acknowledge that Cheek Media Co., operates on Aboriginal land. We are on the land of the Turrbal and Yagra people here in Brisbane, Queensland. We acknowledge that this land was never ceded and we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome back to the Weekly Cheek. Welcome. This week we're going to talk about trickle-down feminism, I guess. Yeah, um, we have strong opinions about trickle-down feminism. No, we have strong opinions about everything. But... Um, <laughs> Ow. Sorry. <coughs> Sorry. Just let me know whenever you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> to start with, trickle-down fem- feminism is the same idea as trickle-down economics, if you um, are familiar with the term. I'm not. Okay, I'll just explain trickle-down feminism. I know it much better. But basically, it's like the idea that if you fix something at the top, it will trickle down and it will fix everything underneath. As we know, that doesn't fucking work. So basically, an example of trickle-down feminism in terms of politics would be um, putting a woman as... If a woman is the Prime Minister, then, like, the women's movement will be fixed. Or it will just naturally, by way of her simply being there, it's going to... Ensure that women are in the highest, like, sort of um, positions of power across the board. Exactly. Which... Poor, poor Jules. I she know. suffered at the hands of that sort of a theory, didn't Exactly, she? Yeah. exactly. And so we're mostly going to be arguing against it, but I think there are obviously some benefits to, like, it being a first... In terms of a first step, there are some, some benefits. Yeah, and I guess the question is, like, and something that we've been talking about quite a bit recently and that sparked this topic is, do we as women um, have an obligation or should we feel that we have to step up to these positions in, and... and sort of sacrifice ourselves and be open to criticism and those sorts of things because, you know, it makes change over time. Yeah. So, like, do we have an obligation to try and get into these positions and push ourselves, at, you know, that at the at the cost of other things in our lives? Yeah, like mental health. Yeah. Because um, we need to see this happen for the movement. Yeah. So um, we're going to obviously be using Julie Gillard as, a, as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we don't know her personally. Unfortunately, Jules, if you're listening... I'd like to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so, you know, she's a good example to start with. And she has spoken um, a little bit since moving on from the prime ministership about how things kind of affected her. Mm. Um, And then in the documentary Strong Female Lead that came out a couple of months ago now, um, she also... Uh, did you see her, her video that she made after that? Yes. Yeah, when she was like, don't worry, I'm okay. Thanks for checking in. Yeah, and she was like, I think what's really nice about, and I think it's, it is comforting and it does work, is like that doco was extremely traumatizing, right? Yes. I think I really, I found it really motivating. You went the opposite way. You were like, I actually can't get through it. It's yeah. a turn off. Took me three different times to watch it. But I think that Julia's like her consistent response to this whenever she's asked whether it be like at the release of her women in leadership book like whether it be the release of the doco she always says like no matter what being uh the prime minister of australia is and remains and will always be the greatest honor of my life and like 
as much as like oh my god, it's so emotional. I could cry. <laughs> yeah, as much as it's um so so hard to watch, mm. consistently I just think like no, she stands by the fact that she did it. Yeah. Um, no matter what the cost to her personally was, and I think that's like so. And I think the fact that she's so um forthcoming with the fact that she recommends that we do it still Mm -hmm. and when i say we i am considering (laughs) i'm open to the position yeah um but i think it's really important that she stands by that yeah agree um and like honestly one of the things that i um so hannah and i always talk about like these people like oh imagine if we got this person on the pod imagine we got that person on the Mm. pod julie gillard i told i told hannah is the one person that i would on it like fuck the pod sorry we love the we love the podcast listeners but like I just really want to meet Julia Gillard Mm. and honestly like with no like I don't care how cringe it is like honestly want to tell her like thank you so much yeah like truly as like a woman in Australia as a woman who does have some political aspirations Mm -hmm. as a woman who like has strong feminist values thank you because what she did was truly a sacrifice yeah goosebumps um so thanks Julia Thank you. Send this, send this clip to her. <laughs> and, I, and, and, and I think part of it is, like, I don't agree with every decision she made. I don't agree with every policy. I don't agree with every social position. Um, but I think, you know, what she was subjected to and watching that is, like, one of the hardest things I've ever watched. I, I would crumble, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, I know that. Um, but I think, and I think that's what, like, come around to the question right now. When we look at um, political leadership in Australia... We see some women. I actually don't think there's anyone who the Liberal Party, um, like, sorry. I don't think that on the Liberal side of politics, that party would ha- will, will be electing a woman as their leader in the next decade at least. Probably. Well, I would say, I would guarantee like longer than that. Like, just think, right? If you're listening, can you name five women in um, the Liberal Party right now at the federal level? Would you like me to try? Go on. Great activity. Maurice Payne. Yep. Linda Roberts. Reynolds. Reynolds. <laughs> Fuck. Really, that says a lot. <laughs> um, Michaelia Cash. Yep. Amanda Stoker. Oh. There's Amanda one. Stoker. Um. We literally read the news every single day. Yeah. Every single day, and we cannot name five off the top of our head. Oh, that one. That one in the Nats. What's her name? She's not a lib. Um, oh. Bridget McKenzie. Yeah, Bridget McKenzie. See, I could didn't even remember her name. Yeah. This I honestly I can't mean. think of any other liberals. I keep thinking Julia Banks, but she's gone. Yeah, this is what, exactly what I mean, right? Yeah. And there's, I don't actually know how many there are, but they, I think they represent between 20 and 25% of the Liberal Party at a federal level. Mm-hmm. So Labor's almost, is like very close to 50-50, if not yes, 50-50. Yes. Already. I think the thing being that in the Labor Party... I think this is what paints us. Like, I just write off the Liberals. I'm like, they are not electing a woman because there is no one even in the pipeline, right? Mm -hmm. And interestingly, in Malcolm Turnbull's book, A Bigger Picture, his autobiography, towards the end when he's talking about the coup where Scott Morrison basically challenges his leadership and and wins, prior to that, uh, Peter Dutton... Actually, Malcolm ended up bringing the challenge because he heard whispers that Peter Dutton was going to challenge Mm -hmm. him, right? But when... So Malcolm Turnbull was actually quite close to Julie Bishop. So essentially Malcolm went to Julie Bishop and said, um, you know, in terms of the liberal leadership, there's going to be a challenge, right? And Julie Bishop said, okay, throw my position as deputy leader of the party into the ring as well. Mm -hmm. So essentially my understanding of what happened was um, they sort of called a meeting where 
both positions were like thrown to you had to like nominate to go for it. Yeah. So Malcolm and Julie both went for their respective positions. Mm-hmm. Um, no one challenged Julie. Really? Yeah. And the reason, the, essentially what had occurred, my understanding of what is in the book, is that um, Dutton went up against Turnbull. I think there was someone else in the running potentially. Don't quote me on that. And Dutton lost to Malcolm, mm. but only slightly. And I oh think, my God. But Malcolm's, my understanding of what had occurred was that Malcolm thought that Dutton was sort of circling and trying to get people on side before this and preparing. And so Turnbull was really strategic and went, if I just do this now before he gains, like he has another week to continue getting more votes, mm-hmm. like maybe it'll silence them. Yeah. Clever. Cause he did win. Yeah. So Dutton lost, but it was quite close, I think. And then people were sort of like, well, Dutton will go for deputy. What occurred was when Bishop's position, the deputy leader position was, you know, included in the spill, no one went up against Bishop mm-hmm. and Dutton said words to the effect of like, well, I can't beat her. She's a woman because she's a woman. Right. And I think the idea being that like no, Dutton wouldn't, I think probably in his heart, Dutton wouldn't want deputy to yeah, Malcolm, right? Yeah. But also because like, that's one of the, I think what it indicates to me is that Bishop as like the strong female in the Liberal Party was important to them at the time on how it looked. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't want the second job, he wanted the top job. And maybe mm-hmm. it, they always just wanted a woman in the second, the deputy leader of the party because it looked good for them, right? Yeah. And I think it was sort of telling, like, oh, she can stay and I'm not going to beat her in the vote. But also, this is my opinion, that that group of people, which includes Peter Dutton, because of their whole, like, war against the woke left, mm. I think that, that, that mindset often, not saying it is in this case, but it often goes hand in hand with thinking that, like, the middle-aged white man is an oppressed group now and so if you're a woman if you're a person of color if you have a disability you actually are going to win in Mm. this climate so that could have also been part of it absolutely but i think it's still really interesting like that statement about bishop like i mean i think she was the most prominent woman in the liberal party for two decades no one really like she was always their go-to i think she was a really good reference point for like the liberal like we champion women yeah fucking don't no but i think that when you think of the Labour Party, a lot more women come to mind. Yes. Um, and I think that most people who are politically engaged, especially with Labour, Labour left, would consider that surprising or would consider that Tanya Plibersek may have been a good challenge to Anthony Albanese, mm-hmm. right? But would she want the leadership? Should Should she feel an obligation to go for it and, and represent women? And obviously I think at the moment... I unfortunately feel that Labor think that to win they need a man. Yeah. And that it's too, like, obviously it was been, it's been a bit too late, in inverted quotes, for a year to have a spill mm. and have a woman take over because I think that what it, they... It would have looked like instability in the party. Yes, exactly. And I think that's... Because eh, I think that if it happened a year ago, it'd be fine. And the other thing is they didn't have any control over when the election could have been called. Exactly. So they could have had a spill and then Morrison would have been like, cool, I'll do it now. Exactly. So it is tough. It's really tough. Um, And I think, like, there's been a lot of talk about, like, oh, Tanya Plibersek didn't want it. Yeah. And I think it's a bit hard for us to make proclamations like that. Like, it doesn't matter what we read in the media. Like, honestly, it doesn't even matter what the statements are. Yeah. Um, I think we should always question, like, what, you know, 
question or I guess all we can really do is wonder because we don't have access, most of us, um, what, like, did she, did she want to? Um, and it is, it, it's really tough for me because from the way I see it, we have had one woman mm. ever and she was torn to shreds and the way that I see it and I think the, I can think I can say the way that she sees it, Julie Gillard, is that she kind of, you know, she walked so we can run mm. kind of thing. And I just am really, I just think, how long is it going to be until we see an, um, the next one? Because I think I we think, will in the next five years. I think, do you think the longer you wait, the harder it's going to be? I think my worry isn't about like the longer we wait, but it's like, I can't see anyone who's gearing up. Yeah. That's my worry is that like these things take time mm -hmm. and you have to build your way into the party, right? So that's why I write off the liberals because none of those women look like they're gearing up, no. right? And none of, none of them have an opportunity to gear up because those fucking men, full stop. <laughs> like, isn't it interesting when we say like, an, you know, libs bill will trend on Twitter every so often when Scott's really fucking it up, right? Yeah. And I think... Oh God, would Dutton be worse? Oh God, what would Frydenberg be like? Oh God, and I never even, a woman doesn't cross my mind with libs. Yeah. But if, I think that I was actually expecting Plibersec to challenge Albanese about a year ago, mm -hmm. or like just in that sort of whole, uh, post-shorten, right? Yeah. But I also think that a lot of people want Penny Wong to do it. I mean, oh, she's a senator, so she'd have to yes. switch. Which means that it would take Quite a, a while. Bit. Yeah, yeah, because then she has to get elected in, they have to bring her down. For, she has to resign from the Senate. She has to find a seat to run in that's um, a safe seat. Mm -hmm. Then she has to win the election. Then she has to be put in as, um, you know, something. Yeah. Either be put in as the Deputy Prime Minister if Labor's in power or Just the leader cabinet. of the yeah. opposition if yeah. they're not. Um, and then the next term she would run as the Prime Minister or the potential Prime Minister. Mm. So... Again, like that's still like, even if things started happening now, that's still three plus years away. Yeah. Um, and like Penny Wong has spoken openly that she doesn't want the job. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing is both Plibersek and Penny Wong, and we wouldn't talk about this if it was a man, but they both are mothers to small children. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of the time, the hours, the expectations of travel, like they're doing that anyway, but the added pressure and the public life and the commitment that you make, although they're already making it. The heightened level that comes with the PM as like, I just can't imagine what that brings to your children as well. Yeah. Which is why, and like, I think it's interesting that one, two of the things that Julie Gillard was most often criticized for was the fact that she was not married. Mm. She was living in sin and she <laughs> didn't have children. Yeah. So then of like, they said that she wasn't caring because she wasn't a mother. Right. But I think that that is the perfect woman to lead the charge because, you know, you I guess, and I'm not saying that her life is easy compared to a mother's, obviously it isn't, but like there are less um, things to, I guess, factor in. Yeah. Um, and again, like I'm sure she would have wanted to spend more time with her partner, which she wouldn't have been able to. So I'm not saying that she didn't make sacrifices, but I think that it is up to, uh, I guess this is the question. Is it up to women who have the capacity to step up and do it, and this goes for politics and everything else, even if it might be tough. Because for me personally, 
I think if I had the capacity to do something and I had the resources and the option was open to me, I would take it in a fucking heartbeat because I think it is like, I think it is my responsibility to take up a position that could mean that things can change and then in the future there are more options for women following me. Yes. But I don't think... But I think that we are very hard. Like... But we're not that unique. No, but I think that it's also easier from this perspective. Like, I'm 23 years old. I have very little responsibility in my life right now. Mm -hmm. And I think it probably is very easy for me to sit here and say, well, of course I'd be Prime Minister. If you asked me tomorrow, I'd fucking take the job, right? It's very easy for me to say that from this perspective. But I may not feel that way in 10 years. You know what? Maybe in 10 years I'll fucking be close and I'll be like, I was an idiot back then for questioning myself, but <laughs> I was always meant to be here. Like, And I'll say it in that masculine deep voice so that people take me more seriously when I wear my uniform style suit to avoid criticism of the Technicolor scream coat that the headlines call Julia Gillard's coat one day. Oh my God. The other thing is, and I think um, something that I think we've spoken about this in a podcast ages ago is like, what is the risk for, let's say hypothetically, Labor put a woman in charge like last year? Yep. And what is the danger that if they lose the election with a woman? They don't put up another woman because exactly they, they shift that blame, that glass cliff yes. sort of idea where a woman is put in power when she's on and it's, it, she's in a horrible position to try and make change. And then it looks, it reflects on the fact that she's a woman rather than the fact that, you know, she was put in a horrible position. Yes. Even though there are like every election there that we've ever had in Australia, a man has lost. Oh my God. That's actually profound. It really is. Julie Gillard never lost an election. Fucking boom. Wow. Take that. Wow. Fucking take that. Seriously. Oh my God. I just got so angry. That is fucking bullshit. Yep. That is so bullshit. No one asked Dominic Perrottet how he's going to handle having his six children while he's Premier of New South Wales. Exactly. Fuck you. Fuck all of you. Yep. And I think the... So anyway, back to the point. There is a risk that if they did, if Labor had theoretically put up a woman and she then lost, that it would, number one, um, it would be blamed on the fact that she's a woman. And number two, it would mean that the next woman is much further away. Um, and I think the good example of the glass cliff that I think you used last time was Theresa May. Yes. So what happened with um, Theresa May, and you might have missed it because it was a blip um, is that she was very temporarily the Prime Minister of the UK, Britain. I don't fucking know. The UK. The UK. <laughs> Great. Um, and because when all, like, Brexit happened, the shit hit the fan, everything was terrible, and then the party was like, oh, let's, uh, who, we can, who can we blame this on? A woman. Perfect. And so they um, put her in charge and... The analogy of the glass cliff is like you just like the the company or in this case the party is like careering to the edge of a cliff and then they are like, oh no, we're gonna that's inevitable, that failure. We'll just quickly put a woman in charge, yep. set her up for failure, she gets on in Fails. charge of, Yeah, then falls off the cliff. So that's what happened to Theresa May and she um She tried was really challenged hard. again. Yeah, she tried she tried hard. 
She was challenged again. She lost the leadership. Again, don't agree with everything she said, but that position to be in is just fucked. So shit. She basically tried to get the Brexit vote and agreement to occur like three separate times and was just fucked over. Yeah. Is my understanding of what happened. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She was handed like a piece of shit. Shit on a silver platter. Yeah. And she tried to polish it for a while. And then she was like, oh, it's still shit. Better go. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, her party was like, oh, what the, what's that shit that you've got there? Yeah. (laughs) That's not good. You better leave. Um, so that, that, yeah. Anyway, that would have been my concern with labor putting a woman Mm. in charge or like, I think that is a lot of people's concern, Yeah. but I just think that it's like, I just think that's bullshit because like, (laughs) if a man lost there, we wouldn't even have anything near that conversation. No. And she, the other thing is for feminism to be successful, women have to lose. They have to, women have to be able to lose. We're already losing. That's true. Women have to be able to lose elections. Yeah. No, no, sorry. <laughs> I like, completely understand what you and mean. And women have to be able to be bad people. Well, I think that actually on a state level, we're seeing this. Mm. Like, I think in politics, like, we, but, but then it gets out of control. Like, we're then looking at, like, Anastasia. So in the last Queensland election was a year ago, like, like last month, mm-hmm. um, Anastasia Palaszczuk was up against a woman liberal candidate Deb Frecklington Mm -hmm. and I found it interesting because I think Deb when she lost acknowledged that it was like great that it was women up against each other Mm. but Anastasia has never mentioned like she's very against mentioning the gender basis of anything and you know what I congratulate my like yeah she very much uh leaves that sort of card out of it and I get why because she is a very um specific kind of leader and I think that for some leaders there is value in not acknowledging that like i understand why you wouldn't i understand why you don't want to draw attention to those things and you want to normalize them and i get it but at some point like it'd be really nice to acknowledge Mm. that those feminist values that she definitely as a leader carries and exercises but i think that like there's those two types of women leaders that one that is sort of like well no I'm not going to acknowledge that as part of like who I am or the leadership that I, and the position I hold. And I don't want to draw attention to it. And others who are like, like Julia, who are more willing to engage in that conversation. And I think it's really interesting, Yeah. but I think, you know, at a state level, we are seeing women lose. We're seeing what happened with Gladys. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that people think that she's some fucking feminist hero is a question to me, but I think, get a grip. I know, but I think we are seeing women fuck up in the public eye and it not being, um, in a way, as much as I don't agree with like the support Gladys has got since she resigned and um, has been under investigation by the Independent Commission Against Corruption, I do think that watching a woman lose um, in in their political life and resign and step away and sort of acknowledge some sort of issue and that not being... I I felt that it wasn't really brought back to the fact that she was a woman. I felt there was a lot of conversation about it, like from our end afterwards, but I felt like she wasn't persecuted in the way I expected. I think it was the opposite to what I expected. I think she wouldn't have gotten that type of support that we saw from our demographic Mm. if she was a man, because some of the commentary I saw was like, oh my God, yes, girl boss. But also some of the commentary I've heard, which I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I think it's actually demeaning to women is like, she was naive. She was in love. She doesn't understand what she's doing. Yeah. Get fucked. Yeah. 
Absolutely not. She is an adult. She's obviously... She's obviously a, quite an intelligent woman. Exactly. She was the Premier of New South Wales. And exactly. you know what? She did quite a good job. She had extremely high approval ratings from until, a large portion of New South Wales. Yeah, she did a pretty good job until COVID. No, and, no, no but I will but say, like, then people thought she was doing as far job. as liberal leaders and as far as liberal women go, like, I have respect for Gladys and I have time for Gladys. I think, really? she's, I think she's really fucked up in some areas. You know what? I think that... I don't really have a lot of time for many liberal leaders, but I, I did for a while there, pre the Delta outbreak, I did mm-hmm. have some time for Gladys. Um, and I think it's also because a lot of my friends and family in New South Wales were big supporters. Right. And and I don't know everything because we're in Queensland. It's very different in the landscape with Anastasia versus Gladys. The way that was all pinned was pretty problematic. But the stuff about her boyfriend came out before Delta, the first wave, yeah, yeah, the first no, time. No, I know. I know you had a big problem with that. I have a big problem this time around. Um, but I get what you mean. I think it's really, really demeaning, um, to say like that she was too naive and that she was in love and all this shit. Cause you'd never say that to a man. Exactly. You would never say that to a man. No. If he was like, you found out that he was covering up for his partner. And it is problematic that she's played that card. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy that it worked. Yeah. Like that is fucking crazy. And I think like one of the most popular posts we've ever had. And to be honest, I thought we were going to be absolutely dragged <laughs> for this. Like I was posting it like shaking as I clicked post because I was like, oh no, here we go. We're getting an unfollow spree because everyone was like, love Gladys. And there was shrines and there was flowers and all this sort oh of stuff. And we were just so infuriated. And I think what the post was essentially like to the tone of, um, you know, it's not like a girl boss move to, um, you know, be <laughs> engaged in potentially corrupt behavior mm-hmm. and two things can be true at once, you know, like you can have someone, you, it's not about the fact that, uh, Gladys stepped down and it shows like she's a strong woman leader, blah, blah, blah. It's that we should be holding men to the same standard. Yeah. Like we should be expecting our male politicians, our male leaders to do the same. Like Barry O'Farrell, a former New South Wales premier resigned over, um, an undeclared wine bottle that was a gift. Exactly. Like it's happened Get before. Facts right. It's happened before. It'll fucking happen again. Yeah. Hopefully on a federal level when yeah. we have a federal icon. Oh, not for a fucking while. <laughs> the other thing is, and the person who had this conversation with is listening, most likely. <laughs> um, but there is an argument that says, well, Australia's not ready for a, in, again, like for a woman prime minister. Mm. Australia won't support that. Because there are there are all of these people out there who still have like outdated values, conservative values, sexist values, that's what they fucking are, who won't vote for a party who has a woman in charge. And I'm just like, how do you like what's your what how do you feel about that sentiment? Me? Yeah, you. I was sort of to the crowd. Um I I say it sometimes, but like and this is this is just how I feel, right? Like, I think that Australia would vote in Tanya Plibersek because she's a white woman, mm-hmm. right? I think Australia wouldn't vote in Penny Wong. Yeah. But I would be more likely to vote in Penny Wong than Tanya Plibersek based Same. on their policy and who they are, right? I think that women as a demographic anymore, like, you know, like we talked about this before, like in government applications for jobs in Queensland, if like the diversity boxes include tick if you're a woman. Yeah. The fuck, yeah. right? But I think, and I wish we were, I think Australia has had a white woman in leadership. Um, I think we will have one again. Mm-hmm. I think we will have multiple white women before we will have someone who is part of a more, di- like who is a more diverse person. Yeah. Right? Or diverse at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is not, I don't consider being a woman to be diverse. No. Um, 
I think that the sentiment is a hard one to take because I actually believe Australia would. But yeah. unfortunately, and I, I, I think the truth of my that opinion is that I think we would vote in a woman and we would be more likely to vote in a woman at this federal election because of how many Australians hate Scott Morrison. Yes, like I and think, also Australia's Me Too. Yeah. I actually don't think a woman could beat Malcolm Turnbull. Mm-hmm. Like I think that popular liberal politicians in leadership um, – like Australia is a more conservative country than we're willing to admit. Mm-hmm. And I think that it takes someone as bad as Scott Morrison to allow us to go past another white man yeah. in the opposition chair. Mm-hmm. And that's the sad truth of how I feel. Yeah. Because I love Julia, um, but she was up against Tony. Yeah. I mean, she, she I guess she didn't lose any elections. That's what I mean is she was up yeah. against Tony Abbott and yeah. Australia hates Tony Abbott. Yeah. Like these... I would say Scott Morrison and Tony Abbott are two of the um, least liked prime ministers and former prime ministers Australia's had in the last 30 years, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that those are – and it's unfortunate, but I think the best times to put a woman in leadership are those times because it gives them an opportunity to win and take charge and for Australia to see it. Yes. It's kind of like we were also talking about with Biden, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. Part of my theory was Joe is quite old mm-hmm. and what if he is re-elected – and then something he sort of stepped down and Kamala was to take over the presidency, would America then accept that a woman could be president? Well, that's how what happened with Julie Gillard. That's what I mean. But then yeah. we re-elected her. Yes. Like, it was an actual election and she fucking won. The Labour yep. Party won, yep. right? So that's my theory is, like, it's so – I don't care about it that that's how it happened, mm-hmm. but it's unfortunate because it gave a lot of men and a lot of – conservative women the right to say like well she got there in the first place by like backstabbing or whatever right yeah and that's my worry is people use that narrative but she did win an election right she was popular enough to fucking back it up so there wasn't so that i i think that proves that argument is no but i still think that in the first place they'll argue that i'm not saying it's right i think it's fucked up right but Mm. i think people use that yeah and i think but i would really like to i i would have thought this was the perfect opportunity to put a woman in labor leadership to go up against scott morrison because he is so disliked and i'm not i'm not saying that it's like oh perfect time pick someone shit to go up against because that's not fair but i i think it's the unfortunate truth well that's how i feel about um julia gillard getting the leadership through a spill and through some kind of this is exactly what i'm saying sorry i know you didn't that's what i meant yeah, no, no, I because like, okay, so this is my thing, is you could argue that it's like, oh well, Australia's not ready, blah blah blah. Guess what? Australia doesn't give a fuck about politics. Like, speak to someone on the street, and you will find out that. No, I disagree, and I think really? the reason being that the people who do give a fuck. Oh, hang on, just wait till I make my point. Oh, okay, sorry. That. Um, so I think that the argument, this argument, that's like Australia's not ready, blah blah blah. Honestly, the vast majority of voters in this country don't know what the fuck they want. Like, I truly believe that most people who vote conservative are voting against their interests because they are not politically literate or they are being fucking scammed by the Murdoch press. And again, like, ask anyone in a regional place where it is almost impossible to get any kind of media diversity and Australia just is not engaged in politics, right? So... I think it is the responsibility of government and elected officials to take matters into their own hands and start the process. Like, they should be making the change from the top 
and this is again where I'm, I guess I'm a little bit arguing for the merit of trickle down feminism because I just feel like, look, I know that we elect the the government and blah, 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 but like people don't give a fuck and we elect them to, you know, lead us. Mm. So fucking lead. Like don't, oh, well, we, we don't want to upset. This is a thing. Oh, we don't want to upset all of the the men, all of these like white men who like if honestly, if the only reason you're not voting for a party is because it's led by a woman, you're a fucking sexist. Mm. So why are we pandering to all of these sexist fucking men when the leaders of this country could be like, you know what? It's time. Mm. Let's do it. Let's make the change. Like that's what gets me. It's like I don't give a. F- Has anyone asked me like in? <sighs> <laughs> where I live, I am represented by a man locally, a man um, in the state, and a man federally. Yeah. Do I feel represented by any of those people? Not really. M- two of them are um, not even in my generation. One's a little bit older than me. I don't feel represented by fucking any of them. Has anyone ever, like, no one goes to women and is like, oh, do you feel represented by these men? But it's like, oh, when a man has to vote in a woman, it's like, well, do you think they would be okay with that? Mm. Like, fuck you. No one's ever fucking asked me that. I want to see people like me represented on a federal stage in politics, in Canberra, and whenever the fuck someone has to go overseas to something like COP26, <laughs> Um, I don't want to, I don't want someone like fucking Scott Morrison going anymore. Like, and I'm, this is not about Albanese. I'm just talking generally here. Like, fuck that is so embarrassing. And I want to see someone like me. I want to see people like me represented in cabinet. Yeah, absolutely. And Labor does a much better job of that. Like, of course. N- it's undeniable. Yes. That's the thing. You could not go to someone who is a liberal voter and say like, who do you think has a more diverse, um, cabinet or who has my Their argument would be who needs that work today quotas don't work <laughs> it's all about merit do you think that barnaby joyce is uh <laughs> was the meritorious <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. so i just think yeah it is for me it's twofold it's like the leaders whether that be in politics in business wherever globally nationally statewide local i think the leaders need to lead and another thing that i think is that when we're talking about these issues look i get like i think like playing devil's advocate has got a really bad rap lately but i think that like we do need to be realistic when we're talking about change but like i said to hannah a while ago putting in a white woman like that is one tiny fucking step. Like a, a lot of the a lot of women who have made it to federal politics, and this is because of the system, are from like legal backgrounds. They have a lot of a lot of people in in parliament have been groomed from a young age to be in these positions. So they are the most privileged, yeah, for the most part. Obviously, that we do have some diversity, um, which is really good. But for the most part, they have been privately educated. They've been they go to these like really good universities. They get a job in the party of their choice and they work their way their way up. But they didn't start from the bottom. Yeah. Um, and so I just think like. If we can't even soon elect 
one of those women, one of those very privileged upper class white women to a leadership position, then what fucking hope do any does anyone who's actually genuinely diverse have? Yeah. Like that's one tiny step going from privileged white man to privileged white woman. Exactly. It's so fucking small. And Scott Morrison wants to stand up and be like, I'm so proud that Australia is a multicultural country. He talks about multiculturalism and diversity. And it's like, sorry, what the fuck? Like, where are their voices in important in your positions? party, in your cabinet. Exactly. We barely feel represented. And we're like, we're, I'm a privileged white woman. And I barely feel represented by any of these people. What about people who, like I said, are genuinely diverse? I think that one of the hard parts about all of this as well is like watching that shit play out, right? And then it's like how many days does the media spend on like, and including us, spend on like, oh, what did Morrison say about electric vehicles ending the weekend, you know, three Mm. years ago on a campaign trail? And we focus so much on like these interesting sound bites and like did he lie or didn't he lie and i mean i love it too like it's so easy to be so focused on these <laughs> things and not look ever at the bigger picture mm-hmm. like each day is this rolling news cycle of like what's the last thing he said but i don't think that often that we watch him say these things about diversity in this country and say well where is that reflected in your cabinet like yeah. i don't think those bigger questions are asked that often exactly and we're more often just looking at like the last shit sentence that he said which is every second fucking sentence because the man can't put two words together without saying mr speaker exactly Oh, God, I need to have a lie down. And another thing that I I would like to say, and this is a more general comment, it can be applied to everything, is I think that we do need, like, let's use the women's movement Mm -hmm. um, as an example. We need men to support us. We need men in in the women's movement. But they do not fucking belong at the at the head of it. No, they do not lead the charge. They do not lead that movement. But it's the same with any movement. Exactly, exactly. So, in my opinion, I said this to my partner the other day, who is a man. I said, in my opinion, if a man a man has two choices when it comes to the women's movement to feminism, you can either be supportive of the movement from the fucking back. And have conversations in, in your own circles. Have, have have tough conversations with your male friends so that women don't have to have them mm. because we feel threatened. Be supporters of the movement. Be allies of the movement in a supportive role or uphold the patriarchy and continue to benefit and continue to be the oppressor. And that is the case in every single scenario. Not so like you can apply it to anything. Like um, in Australia, First Nations people. White people can be allies of First Nations people and, you know, attend rallies, attend protests, donate, help the cause, support the cause and be uh, be bodies, be people who can help elevate Indigenous voices. But we do not, we're not in charge of that movement. We you're not fucking speaking at the protests. You're not fucking exactly. holding any flags. You're not standing at the front. Exactly. You are supporting you are numbers. You are numbers. Exactly. Your bodies and you are um, creating access for Indigenous people. You're not at. You're donating. Exactly. Support behind the scenes. You are not the fucking winner of the. And this isn't some fucking profound comment we're making. It's something that actually should be the baseline expectation. Yeah. Like, I'm not like, oh, look at me fucking elevate. Like, right now, we are using our platform to, like, and that's the thing. I think it's unfair sometimes that we spend a lot of time talking about it as women, blah, 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 when there's other you know minority groups who are even less represented, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But it's an important choice because if we can't even see fucking white women yeah. in politics, 
Exactly. Like, what fuck hope do we have? me. I know. It's just the tiniest. It's literally like taking one step down the rung in I terms am of privilege. ashamed to be in the same category of person as a Karen in the world. Oh, the brand gonna, of Karen. As you're going to call someone out. Oh, um. Julie. Julie Bishop. Oh, I can't. Bishop. <laughs> so much p- p- potential with Julie Bishop. <laughs> But yeah, I just think it's... Peter Credlin. <laughs> oh my God. That's really embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. We would tick the same diversity boxes as her. <laughs> that is humiliating. <laughs> I just, yeah, it, I'm just, I'm so fucking tired of it. And I'm tired of, like, throw any argument at me. I'm tired of all of them. Like, I've heard them all before. And I'm fucking sick of them. And someone needs to do something about it. Stat. And it's not going to be Maurice Payne. It's not going to be Amanda Stoker. It's not going to be Linda Reynolds. Exactly. Hope you guys are fucking happy standing behind the men in your fucking party. Exactly. It's and embarrassing. Being, and being nodded. It is. Yep. Good luck to you. Good luck to you. If you ever not. come face to face with me, I highly suggest you close your eyes and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> it is humiliating that you think that the choices you're making in life and the fact that you've probably at least convinced yourself that you're doing things for women. Mm. That's one of the saddest parts to me. I know. You are a double agent for the patriarchy, and I hope you can't sleep at night. Exactly. I bet you fucking can, though. I hate that. <laughs> I but you have this sound. I think it's I a need good... to lie down. Wow, 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 and count to ten. If you didn't find us completely insufferable, come back next Wednesday for a new episode. You could also find us on Instagram at Cheek Media Co. or online at cheekmedia.com.au. Yes. That's the one. That's the one.